The hosts feel it would be a little unkind to present this podcast without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now's your chance to. Well, we've warned you. Hello, and welcome once again to the Frankencast. I'm the mad scientist, Anthony Bowman. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm joined as always by... The alien doctor that has finally learned that human love is the greatest weapon of all. (laughs) That is Eric Velasquez. My pronouns are also he, him. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, uh, Speaking of alien doctor, I mean, we, we get right into this movie. Like, okay, Assignment Terror... Or what is it? Uh, it's a German movie, Dracula Jekt Frankenstein. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. It's I, I. I think in Spain it was Los Monstros del Terror, mm-hmm. uh, or the Monsters of Terror. Which and then, yeah. most accurate title? <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, in German, uh, Dracula versus Frankenstein mm-hmm. uh, is the the English translation. Right, but um, we've we've got yeah, as you said, assignment terror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's the most common title. It's known as like in the English speaking world. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, and this is a sequel. Yes, yeah. So we've got uh, a return of our uh, Valdemar Daninsky, <laughs> Paul Nashy, baby. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's uh, my new hero. Yeah, he's he's such an interesting character and you know, we were just talking before the recording. I think this is the only other one of his we'll talk about here because it's the only Frankenstein one, but um I'm definitely like feeling the desire to check out more of his uh his werewolf movies cuz he's just got a really like he's he's similar to Lon Chaney, but it's like filtered through like the lens of of like Spanish culture in a way that uh, is really uh, unique and interesting. That it is. I mean, I, th- I think it's interesting that I would say he's more heroic, at least as Wolfman form is more heroic than Lon Chaney Jr.'s Wolfman. Like, that's yeah. pure monster, whereas this one is monster, but also it goes more for the bigger monsters than anything else. I, I, I don't know. There's something about this like character of Daninsky, Voldemar Daninsky, that when he first showed up, uh, like as we spoke with the uh, the ladies at Silver Scream, like he seemed villainous. Mm-hmm. But we quickly learned he was not. Like, yeah, he is a hero. Yeah, and it's like yeah, with Lon Chaney or you know with um, Larry Talbot, we should yeah. say mm-hmm. he's just so defeatist. Like uh, right? you know, every every movie with him like revolves around him wanting to be cured or if he can't be cured to die and like you know Daninsky definitely seems like he wants to be cured or at least protect you know doesn't want to hurt people but more than that he he wants to use his situation to be helpful wherever he can right which that's that's a more like all right Valdemar Daninsky is better than Larry Talbot Mm -hmm. like just period 
Because yeah. he, he is using his situation to make things better where he can. Of course, he obviously knows he's going to make them bad whenever the full moon strikes. But, you know, he tries. Yes, versus exactly. Versus just like, Sh- please shoot me. <laughs> yeah, versus jumping off of a cliff. <laughs> right. For, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this. We immediately start in media res, effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we've got, uh, what was it? Uh, Maleva Karstein is, a, mm. is someone who has died in an automobile accident, and they're basically going to use her body. Right. Okay. And Kirian, um, I forget his last name, is the, the guy who died. Burner. So, yes, yes, yes. Uh, and then we've got our, our sort of like main character here, um, Dr. Odo Warnoff. Right. Uh, we don't get his name for a while, but yeah, like you said, it, like I kind of like had to rewind this a couple of times at the beginning because it was like you're, you get dropped right into the middle, and I was like, what is happening? <laughs> right. What's going on? Um, and and so, we're good. The, the plot is we're going to you exploit these human superstitions and frailties to conquer their planet because we're aliens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I think this is a rare alien related movie that right? we've dealt with that those that th- those streams don't cross very often. But you would think uh, they would, though. Yeah, I feel like in kaiju movies, like about half of them aliens show up and get in the mix. But so fucking uh, ridiculous. Yeah, this this definitely feels similar to what is it, the creature from Planet X, the, yeah. the kaiju movie, where they like kidnap uh, Godzilla and Rodan and try to turn them and use them to take over the world. Yeah, is that where we get Mecha uh, Godzilla, or is that? Um, I think one? that the sequel to that one is it, where right. they, they like, come back and then you get Mecha Godzilla. Um, but yeah, in this case, it, it's cool because like we ha- we have this guy and. The, the fun thing, so Dr. Odo Warnoff, um, he's played by the main alien from the day the Earth stood still. So, like, right away, people watching this are going to be like, oh, I know that guy. He's an alien. Like, right. they're, they're going to make that connection. Um, and he's, like, talking on a TV screen to... So the, the deal is these aliens can take over human bodies, like dead bodies, and look like humans. Uh, when they're walking around on Earth, but he's like talking back to the home world on this like TV screen, and I guess on their planet they're just like psychedelic swirls, right? <laughs> There's not really any kind of body. That's just like it. It looks like a black light poster or something, basically. It's an acid trip, is what it is. A living <laughs> yeah. acid trip, which that would be a, that would be a cool take. And also, why do they have to be in human form? I mean, I guess to interact with us, but why would they just like wear their human suits around? Why wouldn't they just be like psychedelic swirls of color whenever they could? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the the real answer is it would be hard to do the special effects, so we could just make them look like people. But yeah, pretty but much. Plot wise, I don't know what the answer would right. be. Right, we didn't want to hire an extra actor, and we didn't want to just do special effects. So this <laughs> here we go. Yeah, pretty much. Yep, I love it. He said, like, step one of the plan is they're going to go to a carnival, and then that just cuts to the credit sequence, which is just a montage of carnival footage. Right. And and basically uh, shots of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, th- those two al- or the two dead people that he was talking about, they've now been inhabited. Um, and so we've got this, this trio of now aliens. They're walking around the carnival. And Odo is basically giving them the rundown of the plan and basically giving us the full exposition of what the, the plot of this movie is going to be. Effectively, all right, we're going to get all these monsters together and we're going to use them 
to basically create armies of monsters and we're going to destroy all of humanity because our planet is freezing and which you know i guess reverse global warming and then we're going to take this one over kirian's like why don't we just nuke them or something and he's like well that would defeat the purpose like we want this yeah. planet to be healthy we just need to get rid of the people, people. <laughs> um we'll uh, keep everything else as it is mm-hmm. and uh, uh one of their tools to do this is uh, do- uh count genos mylov which wasn't wasn't he in the last one yeah yeah he was the like even though he looks completely different in this mm-hmm. but like yeah that was the name of the the vampire in the last one i believe are those are mikolovs so slightly uh, off just one off <laughs> one, yeah, a couple of <laughs> but the yanos part's definitely the same yeah it's uh, meant to be the same guy it's got to be yeah there, there's a lot of weirdness with the names in this too like the version i have of this like it has like the original spanish track and the the dub and in both of them, they refer to Frankenstein as Frank Fa- Salon. Right. <laughs> or Fa- Frank Salon. Yeah, Frank yeah. Salon. It's like they almost took part of the Japanese, and I don't know where they got the Salon from. <laughs> yeah, it seems like they were like afraid of copyright infringement or something, even though I would think <laughs> at that point they were all still in the public, public domain. domain. Yeah, had to um, be. But our, our vampire is definitely the first step of the plan because similar to House of Frankenstein, mm-hmm. where you've got the carnival that has the skeleton of a the slain vampire. And so they like come up with this plan where there's like a carnival barker. He's, he's showing the skeleton, but he also talks about how he can hypnotize people. Uh, and like tell their future and so they are they send Maleva to interact with him because beautiful women are you know powerful weapons you can (laughs) trick men with them basically right we're going to get all the powerful men and generals on our side with beautiful women which (laughs) i mean i imagine that work for the majority but i also feel like you got to have some pretty guys in there too right yeah you know we got to be inclusive (laughs) right uh, and so, yeah, Maleva like, goes and gets her fortune read and then kind of, like, hits on him. Oh, I also like how the fortune teller's like, yes, my beautiful certified nurse here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, ah, she, she does have double duty in this movie. She's not just a pretty face. Yeah. While Maleva's fortune's being read... Odo's just like standing there staring at the fortune teller's assistant and it's definitely mm-hmm. like you, you get the sense that he is shopping basically like yeah. his this is his beautiful women plan and like you said this is a nurse too like I can you know she's got skills that we can put to use exactly so then we cut to later that night and it is the most awkward sex scene <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's laying on top of her just kind of grinding or gyrating I don't mm-hmm. I'm not sure what I would call that yeah and she is like so completely not into it <laughs> she's like oh just do what you gotta do buddy <laughs> which I guess is partially like correct for this like I don't think Maleva is necessarily into it but she's not even like trying to put on a show to trick this guy she's right. just like laying there staring at the ceiling and I think at this point also like the aliens are emotionless quote unquote they're very Vulcan in this they're mm-hmm. like you've got to suppress your emotions that's you know that's the worst thing to do is actually like fall in love with these people or even like them you know we've got to be very clinical about it, which makes sense if you're taking over a, <laughs> a planet slash country slash whatever is uh, just not get uh, emotionally involved yeah like, and like because that's the whole thing is like they keep talking about the humans are weak because we're mm-hmm. prone to elevated emotions so they're going to prey on that with 
terror you know that's yeah. the assignment terror is we're gonna use monsters to scare people but you know this the alien race they're from uma i think is the name yes. of the planet mm-hmm. um they are above all of that so they they don't they don't get scared they don't fall in love they don't have that they you know they've risen above such base desires right yeah yeah they have huh huh <laughs> Um, so while the sex scene is going on, we get somebody sneaking in and like the cameras from like the chest down. So we never really see, but presumably this is Kyrian or Odo, one of the two. Almost um, certainly Kyrian. And Odo's not the kind that gets his uh, hands dirty. Yeah, I would think so. And they pull a stake out of the vampire skeleton and then stab the fortune teller in the back with it. Oh, no. And, <laughs> of course, you know, for a moment, Maleva looks shocked, but then she's like, sly smile. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. And then the fortune teller's assistant comes in, sees the carnage. And someone says, Hey, how would you like to smell my chloroform rag? <laughs> yep, so they've kind of cleaned up things at this point. Uh, we also, it cuts to a, just a shot of the skeleton, which has now started to grow guts Organs. and yeah. eyeballs. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I love a good reforming skeleton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we cut to just the police talking about the case and you know in the last movie we kind of had we kept talking about the dads that were just kind of like unnecessary to the plot and just Mm -hmm. kind of like filler these cops kind of feel like that in this they're a little bit more integral to the plot but at the same time things kind of slow down every time the cops are on screen yeah at least in the beginning right i mean inspector Mm -hmm. toberman who is the younger police officer he actually does stuff Mm -hmm. whereas the chief uh what uh, commissioner gluck does mm. fuck all. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's literally just here to talk. But, eventually, we are going to get, uh, we're going to get maybe an, uh, a new old face. Or it seems that way, at least. Judge Sternberg. It seems like he's supposed to be, um, what's his name from the Oh, last the, movie? the dad from, from or one of the... No, no he's no, supposed no. to be the young guy. Um, Rudolph. Rudolph, that's right. Yes. Yeah, I thought that that was the case. It was kind of... It was heavily implied. Yeah. Yeah, well, we will get to him pretty soon. Mm -hmm. Um, But so while they're talking about the case, the main things that they talk about is that, you know, there's this murder victim, the woman went missing, the skeleton went missing. Hmm. And and, there's this weird gelatinous substance. Yeah, they're uh, on the stake. So they're trying to, they're going to run tests on that and try to figure out what's going on with that. I like how... um the inspector is like, huh, it could be a ghost, because, and it could be ectoplasm, and the, <laughs> the commissioner's like, all right, calm down there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is not, like, that kind of is a running thing, where, like, at every turn, he's like, oh, it could be, could it be supernatural, and the chief's like, nah, yeah. get out of here with that shit. Right. I, I'm not buying it. Calm down, Toberman. <laughs> so we cut back to, or I guess for the first time, we see Dr. Odo's lab, mm-hmm. and They've got the you know the the fortune teller's assistant, and they are turning her into. This is where what so like Maleva and Kyrian are actually reconstituted bodies, basically. Yeah, aliens put into human bodies, but the other characters that get added to their sort of crew are almost like lobotomized like zombie drone kind of people. Like they're I don't think they have aliens inside them. They're just like 
supposed to be slaves? See, that's that that's a good question because it, like that's kind of what I, what I got was kind of the they've downloaded the aliens into these people's bodies. Mm-hmm. So that's that's interesting. It could be either way. I don't think they they do not explicitly state that. But yeah, the, it's confusing because it's like the 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 main trio are kind of treated differently than mm-hmm. all the rest of them, and I maybe it's you know just lesser aliens that are supposed to be you know worker bees or something. Yeah, um, they're all privates, and like <laughs> uh, Kirian and Maleva are like you know they're they're sergeants. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that would make sense too. But yeah, either way, the, he's like I'm you know I'm turning her into someone we can control, mm-hmm. and I shall call her Elanka. Right. Oh no, he's giving her a new name. <laughs> yeah. Right, and then of course he also calls he calls Janos, the Prince of Darkness, will rise soon. Mm-hmm. Which okay, that's very melodramatic for someone who has no emotions. <laughs> yeah. Part of the plan is that they're going to try to inject his vampire blood into humans to see if they can create more, more vampires. vampires to then scare the rest of humankind. You know, that that's fair, actually. Yeah, it's an I, interesting idea for sure. Ah, oh, man, we got to write a screenplay about that. <laughs> but there's got to be a Frankenstein in there somewhere. I mean, come on. Yeah, of course. But then, of course, we cut to some jazzy 60s music or early 70s. <laughs> And we get the uh, we got Toberman uh, going to the library. Yeah, and the librarian is just so nonplussed by the whole situation. <laughs> She's just like, "We're getting ready to close in like five minutes, dude. Get the <laughs> fuck out." And he's he's like, "But I, I, it's urgent. I need to see the writings of Ulrich von Frankenstein." For, no, well, Frankenstein. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> And, you know, so she's like, well, that's weird. Um, we have those on file, but no one has asked for them for years. And then somebody else just came like five minutes ago and asked for them. Like, what a, what a strange coincidence. Yeah, just go up the uh, stairs and there's Carl and he'll, he'll get you right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he, he goes up there and finds the book laying on a table. It's called the... Anthology of the Monsters. <laughs> Basically, it's 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 the literal monster manual of this world. <laughs> right. Uh, but there's a big chunk of pages torn out of the middle, and Carl, the other librarian, is dead and just kind of like tucked up in the rafters. Right, just staring down at him. <laughs> he just looks up and he's like, oh, shit! Yeah. Hi, Carl. And so he kind of flips... Or no, I think... We cut uh, to a newspaper then, and yes. the translation is, uh, his attractive assistant, missing, suspected of complicity in his murder. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's, that's cool, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's very similar. You know, they had the, the fortune teller dies, and the assistant is, you know, missing, and then now we've got a librarian dying, and the clerk girl librarian at the front has gone missing. Hmm. So then we see, uh, you know, Odo doing the same procedure on her as well. Right. Um, so this is his collection of beautiful women that he needs. Is every, you know, every woman that he comes across, he's going right. to do this technique to. Damn it, Odo, they're not like Pokemon. <laughs> Leave them be. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then we cut to the morgue where um, the police are talking to, like, I guess the coroner or something. He's like, the librarian also had weird gelatinous cells on him. And it's some sort of, it's they're living, but we don't recognize them. We're going to have to send them out to test further. And I love, like, how these cells, quote unquote, look like basically tomato soup, boiling tomato <laughs> soup. We've got little yeah. bubbles popping up, and that's about it. It looks like boiling soup. Yeah. Really weird. But I also like how Commissioner Gluck is like, well, we need more proof aside from this fucking substance that is everywhere. That's your evidence, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, where else is that found? Nobody knows this. If you see this on multiple scenes, they are fucking linked. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's like... I get that he's supposed to be the skeptic in terms of, like, the supernatural stuff, but, like, you but also have to, to be, like... Yeah, yeah, like, in this case, that's not skepticism, that's just being dumb. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, so at that point, Toberman shows the chief the anthology and mm-hmm. kind of goes through it, and he's like, look, there's entries about the mummy and the Nosferatu and the golem. Now, um, okay, okay, so I was like, okay, the golem is our monster. No, no, because we hear about the monster of Ferenxalon. Mm-hmm. And I'm upset because they cut the golem <laughs> from this movie. <laughs> he was supposed to be in the movie, but because of budgetary concerns, and basically they already had one, they cut him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would be interesting. Like, there are, you know, there are, we've talked about that there are some golem movies that we are going to talk about. But it would be interesting if there was, like, a golem Frankenstein monster oh, like, crossover movie. Because, that'd be like, so good. You know, a, a Jewish monster and a German monster and, like, I don't know, you know, there, there'd be plenty of interesting angles to take that, depending on... Well, the thing about the golem is it's meant to be, obviously, you know, protective versus mm-hmm. offensive, whereas the monster is more offensive than defensive. So yeah. it's like an unstoppable object or uh, an unstoppable object and unstoppable, unstoppable force. force. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that could be a like you set that in World War Two, and you've got like <laughs> some badass monster fights. Well, and probably a lot of problematic elements. Oh, but... for sure. <laughs> well, after all the stuff we've watched over the past yeah. month or so, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> It'll be something for sure. Mm-hmm. We're just coming up with all kinds of movie ideas mm-hmm. this week. There you go. But yeah, the, the the missing section turns out to be the part about Frankenstein's monster. I think there's like a little bit at the end that he kind of reads where he can tell that's what was discussed in that right. section. Well, he basically discusses how Ferencsalon was uh, Franken. We might as well say Frankenstein uh, <laughs> had put in the brain, but it, he goofed and it was a murderer brain. Mm-hmm. It, it was Abby Normal's brain, and uh, <laughs> he was like, "Well, I'm going to blow myself and the monster up," which is a wild turn. <laughs> Why don't you just blow the monster up? Why you got to take yourself out, man? People are <laughs> overboarding this. <laughs> of course, this this whole section is just... Or, and he's also like, there's also a section about werewolves. Oh. And, and like, he goes through all the werewolf lore. Like, this is just, you know, a lore dump. Like, yeah. this is all the exposition we need here. Still, Chief Gluck is like, I'm not buying this. This is all superstition. I'm anemic to vampire lore, I think he says. Yeah, exactly. Point. Which is a great line. But he's also he also notices... Hey, for some reason, the window has opened up, and there's a draft coming in. I'm like, oh, are we gonna get a monster? No, he just he just goes to the window and shuts it. That's such a tease. <laughs> it's like in in horror movies when they just have the the soundtrack amp up and then mm-hmm. nothing happened. Yeah, or the dramatic puddles. Damn it. <laughs> uh, and so yeah, I think at that point we see Odo and Kyrian. They break into a crypt. 
and they open the tomb of Valdemar Daninsky. Oh no! And of course, we also get the caretaker who's like, "Hey, who are these guys out in my, out in the graveyard? I might as well finish eating my dinner before I go investigate them, though." <laughs> yeah, it's like I think we find like as they're leaving, we see him coming down the stairs, and then it just cuts away. But you can pretty much assume, based on what's gone on in the past, how, you know how things are going to go for this poor guy. Uh, either he's an alien, or he just doesn't make it. But because he's not a beautiful woman, he probably just doesn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Then we get uh, another newspaper on the screen that says two nurses from the local hospital have gone missing. Mm -hmm. And then we cut straight to a surgery scene. And it's like, oh, that's where those (laughs) nurses went. Basically. And yeah, there's now a bunch of beautiful women standing around Otto as he's operating on uh, Valdemar, resuscitating him. And as far as like content warnings, like this straight up has real heart surgery. Surgery scenes. Yeah. In the, in right here. Um, like, the idea is they're removing the silver bullet to bring him back to life, but, like, you do get to see, like, literally, uh, which it's it's surprisingly not bloody. You know, it's it's relatively clean looking, but it is still, you get to see a heart being cut open and poked and it, around. It, in his yeah, head. and it is, it is pumping. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, be aware of that if, if, if that's something that's going to make you uncomfortable Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they add a new piece to the werewolf lore so you know the standard lore of the the silver bullet and then in the last movie we found out that it's a silver bullet fired by someone that you love Mm -hmm. but now it's a silver bullet fired by someone that you love and it's willing to die with you oh so that that's some implication Oh, no. Yeah, so in the last movie, of course, you know, Janice killed him, but she lived on, so he was still not completely dead. Right. But it's implied that she would have died with him, Mm -hmm. but, you know. But didn't, so yeah. yeah. Somehow that that makes the difference. It's that sacrifice, I guess. Right, but now they have this special werewolf uh, transformation-controlling serum that they're injecting into Valdemar. Yeah, it's supposed... So Odo puts Ilanka in charge of that, that Mm -hmm. she's got to keep an eye on him and make sure that he does not transform into a werewolf. Right, that's like assigning him a girlfriend, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Right? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Which okay, to be fair, if they're going to make an army of werewolves, shouldn't they also make an army of girls who love the specific werewolves or or guys, I guess, depending on who the werewolves are? Because like you gotta think you're gonna wanna fail safe here, right? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> so you're gonna want someone who's like genetically programmed to love them. <laughs> And die, be willing to die for them, I guess. Yeah, this lore has gotten so complicated. I, I'm overthinking the shit out of this. <laughs> then we get some more with Odo kind of like talking about his whole evil plan, that he's going to collect all these different monsters and create armies of each right. variety uh, and then set them loose on mankind. Which the army of mummies seems a little complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you can't, like, you can inject vampire blood or you can have werewolves bite bite people, but mummies, you just gotta do the whole process, the mummification process, and just, like... That seems tedious. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, in the time you can make a mummy, you could already have several Frankenstein monsters made, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean they're they're definitely more powerful anyway. You just gotta like mummies are the pawns. They just move slow mm. and they're they're not that useful. If you have a bunch laying around, fine, but you're not gonna wanna make them. Right. You gotta have an emotep if you really want some power in your mummy. <laughs> yeah. 
at that point we cut to like that night and Daninsky is chained up in a cell and he does turn into a wolf so Ilanka has either not given him the serum or not given him enough or something mm-hmm. um, but he you know immediately breaks the chains then we just cut away to the cops again and they're talking about the gelatin and it is officially unidentifiable right it's it's nothing on this planet so they should know something really uh you know nefarious is going on at this point right but i still feel like gluck is like whatever (laughs) yeah whatever we also have four (laughs) nurses missing uh with an additional two random murders and toberman's like i i think i've got a hunch like i I, stuff's kind of coming together for me uh, I know this is kind of outside of what you're believing, but can you give me a few days to kind of follow up on all this and figure stuff out? Right, and Gl- Gluck being the absolute, like, laziest man is like, yeah, sure, go for it. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, he's just kind of like, whatever, I, I, it's off my plate. You do what you want to do then, I guess. Right. And then we see out on the street, werewolf Valdemar has escaped. He attacks one woman who is in, like, a car. Okay, like, can we wh- talk about her and her boyfriend or the guy she's dating? <laughs> because that is cold-blooded, man. They get in the car, and he's, he just goes in for a kiss. She just straight up tells him, don't spoil this. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Damn. <laughs> what a way to say the night didn't go well. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, he... what. He goes inside for something, and so she's like... She left her um, shawl in the... Uh, oh, shawl in the... Right, that's what it was. And then, yeah, Valdemar attacks her through the window while that's going on, and she just is like, peace out, and she right. speeds away, leaves the guy behind. Well, she, she tries rolling up the window, which good for her, you know? A lot of people don't do that. Yeah. But she's a boss. I, I kind of wonder... I would have liked to see the guy come out with the shawl. I'd be like, she stole my car. And they get mauled by the werewolf. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, so the werewolf just kind of moves on, goes down the, the street a little bit, mm-hmm. and finds another lady who uh, is kind of standing on a street corner. So is she supposed to be a prostitute because it feels that way? I, th- I think so. Um, also, well, that's the sketchiest fucking street corner ever, dude. Like, go out onto the main street versus the back alley. <laughs> Protect yourself. Yeah, I think pretty much we cut to the next thing is there's a dance club that's right near this corner uh, called the Golden Egg. Well, we do get to see her mauled in uh, in shadow, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's Toberman is at this dance club following yeah. up on her murder. It, well, um, the first first shot we get is, of course, some woman's feet just dancing. And I'm like, oh, okay, we get party feet pics. Gotcha. <laughs> Yeah, and this is like straight up like, you know, just everything you can imagine of like a swinging 60s dance club. And Odo is also there in the background just kind of walking around, kind of creepy. He definitely does not fit in with this whole vibe at all. He he clearly disapproves of everything going on, yet he's still there. (laughs) Yeah. And Toberman is talking to a waiter. He's like, yeah, that the girl, you know, the dead girl, she had just left the club a little bit ago. So it seems, like you said, I think she... That she's using this club as like a pickup place, like mm-hmm. the, for her sex work operation, basically. And you know, left I guess because things weren't go or it was either she was done for the night or things were slow or whatever. And then yeah. you know, the werewolf got her. And so yeah, the you know, Toberman's getting info, and then just kind of like out of nowhere, the waiter's like, "Oh, also, there's this kind of 
strange guy who's become a regular lately. I think he lives in the creepy castle on the hill. Right. <laughs> and and Torin's like, oh, indeed, say more, please. Um, and he's like, yeah, it's that guy. He's, right. He just came in. <laughs> the guy who's walking right past us right now who's looking at us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, good on that waiter for like kind of being on top of things. Like, you know, you know, because usually if you have like a, a police procedural kind of thing, they're like, so many people come in and out of here, I don't recognize anybody. But right. This waiter's like, nah, I nope. think that guy might be up to some shit. Right. We like this waiter. <laughs> He's watching out for his customers. Yeah. Toberman like goes to kind of talk to Odo and Odo just kind of like dips out of there real fast. Right. He takes his, he slugs his drink and like walks the fuck off once he sees <laughs> Toberman. He's not wanting to have that conversation. Right. It's like, that's not a sketchy fucking exchange if I've ever seen one. <laughs> yeah. So then we just cut to later on, Odo's back in the lab and he's pissed because Daninsky escaped and attacked someone and that, that could fuck up their whole operation. We don't need the cops attention. Right. Not this early, right? Not until we're ready to attack. So yeah. we're instead we're going to torture uh, Valdemar and Ilanka for letting Valdemar escape. Mm-hmm. He has like this um, these headphones. They look like the kind that they test your hearing with <laughs> right. when you're in elementary school. It's got like an ultrasonic frequency that's you know torturous in some way. And he just he just kind of holds it up to Daninsky's ear for a couple seconds just to show him like don't fuck with me. Yeah, uh, that's as far as he tortures him. But then he just like puts them on Alonka and just like blasts her with them for a little bit. Right, and Valdemar, for his to his credit, he looks like he wants to just get up and help her. Mm -hmm. But, of course, he's not in werewolf form now, so he can't. Yeah. And finally, Maleva's like, stop, you've done enough. Like, Because mm -hmm. uh, not only is Odo torturing Ilanka, he's making everybody watch so that they know, like, this is what happens when you fuck up. Right. And he's like, hey, pity is is a weakness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he's, already, he's getting kind of concerned that, like, not only is pity a weakness, but it's a human weakness. weakness. And, you know, Maleva is supposed to be you know uma now like mm -hmm. and, and so this kind of human trait seeping in concerns him and at that point they get a a dispatch from the home planet that they have located the mummy right um, they, they specifically say imhotep mm -hmm. but according to the uh according to the credits it's supposed to be taudet mm. so yeah. that's a, that's another ferenc salon situation <laughs> right uh, and not only have they located where the mummy is, but they have figured out that you can control it with this, like, mirror. shaped mirror, basically. H hell, of a, hell of a device. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, which, you know, so that, that fits into their whole plan of, like, having soldiers that they can control. So mm -hmm. um, they like that. At that point, we get another scene with uh, Toberman, who is now visiting the girl who sped away in the car, the the victim who lived. Mm -hmm. She's, like, just gotten out of the shower, and when she hears the doorbell, she thinks it's her friend or something, and she's like, come on up. And then she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were somebody else, so let me get dressed. And, you know, she comes out kind of like, I think her hair wrapped up in a towel right. and all that. And, of course, she hides her underwear that's on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, understandable. Yeah. Uh, but they quickly realized that they knew each other. They went to school together. They were a couple grades apart, but... Uh, they have a little bit of a history. Yeah, and her her dad's uh, Judge Sternberg, possibly Rudolph Sternberg. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And right away, like they're pretty flirty, and it's like, okay, like this is this is our romance storyline that we need for for this movie. Yeah, because she had a crush on him in high school. So not only was her is her father um, Judge Sternberg, but 
Back in the day when he was younger, he knew a werewolf. Hmm. So Possibly. Which further, yeah. yeah, further kind of like corroborates that this is probably Rudolph and that we're talking about Daninsky here. Toberman's like, oh, interesting. This is, things are coming together. That That's the kind of clue that kind of corroborates what I've been suspecting all along. Right. But going back to that, the last movie, Rudolph was a Weissman versus Sternberg. So also though, I mean, it's, it's in the era when nobody really gives a shit. You know who it's supposed <laughs> to be if you've seen the previous movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, like we like everybody's names and the vampires' names changed and yeah, yeah. everything's just slightly off. So it's probably a different production company and we don't want to step on any toes and yeah. get legal trouble in the mix. Then we cut to them, uh, or we cut to just a shot of a TWA plane flying and mm-hmm. then we're in Egypt, in like headed into the tomb. Yeah, we get some more of that jazzy music and then they're <laughs> they're driving uh, through the desert and they're, they're Humvee, basically. Yeah. And when they get to the tomb, they've got like a, an Egyptian guy with them and he's like nope uh here's the tomb this is where i stop you can go in there but i'm not fucking with that right and it's interesting to me that they actually gave a shit enough to be like come on in with us <laughs> he's like nah i'm good this is yeah. right where my uh jurisdiction ends <laughs> right when they go in they find a bunch mm-hmm. of skeletons just kind of laying around and then there's a patch of wall that is you know when you, you're in the video game and there's that yeah. part of the wall that's a slightly different color and you're like i know what this is about strike this wall to reveal a hidden area right <laughs> yeah by the way paul nashi is fucking jacked yeah like good for him they give him um he's got like a pickaxe kind of thing and he just like smashes through the wall which leads into you know of course a hidden room and they use like the mirror to find another hole yeah there's like a second hidden door it you know within this other room mm-hmm. and that room actually is like the room you've yeah. got like the cool egyptian treasure shit and the big sarcophagus in the middle of the room Right. And of course, because they're aliens and they're not concerned with human trinkets, they're like, we've come for the mummy. We're, we're not here for, for the treasure. The, like, priceless treasure. They open up the sarcophagus, uh, and inside, of course, is, is our mummy. Right. And the, the, as soon as you see the mummy's eyes, it, like, locks onto uh, Wernoff's, who's not even there, but watching it from a screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so there's sort of like closed circuit screens are, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a big part of this movie for sure. And Odo's definitely like, like you said earlier, he's not the kind to get his hands dirty. He's just going to keep an eye on them. Mm-hmm. And this, I, I will say, I think the makeup on this mummy is pretty good. Yeah. Um, like it, it, you know, it's not quite like the universe, like the universal mummy is just so good. Um, but this is, this is pretty good. They wake the mummy up, they use the controller thing and he goes out and chokes out their guy. Right. Well, <laughs> I would say hug. It's a very deadly hug. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, you know, of course, like there was no way they were going to let that guy get away, um, yeah, yeah. uh, with the knowledge that he had. So I think then we just we cut back to uh, Toberman with um, we do get her name, but it's like a wa- Ilsa. Ilsa uh, it's yeah. like a while before we find it out. Like I kept just calling her like judge's daughter. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So they're they're now with the judge, and he's kind of like telling them his whole kind of backstory. Um, My wife, who died seven years ago, uh, <laughs> used to love this man who was a werewolf when we were younger. So it's more. It's it's more allusion to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he That's does a- even specifically say Daninsky. So, like, yeah. we're definitely talking about the same werewolf here. Which, that's got to be an uncomfortable marriage. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, like, 
we, we were engaged or whatever, then you left me for the werewolf, <laughs> and then when that didn't work out, I got to be your your backup choice. <laughs> your bounce, yeah. Your rebound guy. That's yeah. Great. And when they leave, we just get a, like a just weird shot of just the the cop and Ilsa making out in the park for just a second, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just to really hammer it home. We're like, this is this is gonna be our romance. They love each other. <laughs> yeah. A little later, we see Maleva working on uh, drawing blood from the vampire. Yeah, she's trying to get some of that good old blood. And again, like I don't know if this was just really good special effects or just real blood draw footage because. It looked very real. Yeah. But it also, like, it definitely... Because, like, the vampire in this is kind of, like, Munster's rules. Like, he's, like, bluish-gray skin. And, you know, the Frankenstein is green and the vampire is blue. Mm. Um, and so it's definitely his, like, bluish arm. But, like, the needle looks like it's really going in and it fills up with blood. So if you've got a needle thing, uh, this is a pretty yeah. realistic... Um, and it possibly is real. I, I can't, couldn't say for sure. I mean, it is a Spanish production, so or what is <laughs> a Spanish German production? So who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it may. I, it feels to me more likely that they would be like, let's just draw a little bit of his blood, than oh. like let's figure out how to do that with special effects. <laughs> right. We've already we've cut a whole uh, monster from this film because of budgetary restraints. <laughs> draw the blood. Yeah. But, of course, he's a vampire, and he's not fully sedated, so vampires are going to hypnotize you mm-hmm. if they get the chance, apparently. And, yeah, and she starts to kind of zone out, and then Odo, like, runs over, and he just puts his hands in front of her <laughs> face to block the, the hypnotism <laughs> beams. <laughs> uh, uh, that's great. You don't see that very often, do you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty good gag. And then he's like, tomorrow we're going to get the Frankenstein monster. You need to be careful. Like, this happening means that you're still too human. Yeah. Um, you're, you're weak and emotional. You're too in your body. Um, and these bodies are just supposed to be vehicles for us. You're not supposed to get attached to to the body. Right. These are, these are skin suits. Mm-hmm. So he's like, in fact, I'm going to leave you and... Uh, Kirian here at the base tomorrow, and I'll just go with Daninsky. We'll take care of the the Frankenstein monster. Right, they they give each other kind of a a, a knowing look, like, hey, he's gonna, dad's gonna be out tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's definitely like w- the division there is is becoming clearer from mm-hmm. you know with every scene that like Odo is viewing the situation differently than Maleva and Kirian. We don't right. get much from Kirian. He's really kind of a background character, but it kind of just feels like however Maleva's feeling, Kirian is having similar feelings. Yeah, he, he's definitely reciprocating. Mm-hmm. And then we get another police scene where we find out that the dead girl found on the street corner, she had hair under her nails, but it belonged to an unknown animal. It was mm. not of human origin. Possibly werewolf? Mm-hmm. Exactly werewolf, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then we just cut to, like, the, the Frankenstein castle. They're reviving him. This is the most stylish monster I think we've ever seen. Like, because <laughs> he's got the full, like, tailored tailored suit mm-hmm. uh, with the button or the, uh, the turtleneck. Like, <laughs> this is a profiling monster. Yeah, clearly um, Paul Nashie is a, is a turtleneck fan. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and... Th- the uh, the makeup on the Frankenstein I wouldn't say is as good no. as the the mummy or the werewolf. It's it's weird because it's like 
it's a real you know it's a real person it's not a mask but like they've put so much like wax or whatever they've used to build up the face that it has like no emotion it never mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't move its mouth like it has no facial movement and it's like Bare- barely opens the eyes yeah like they could have just used a mask for all of the the mm-hmm. movement that they get out of this face i feel here's what i think happened because i noticed that a lot of the scarring like matches the actor like the outline of the face mm-hmm. so i feel like they use that to glue the, the <laughs> head prosthetic on yeah that could and be probably cause some issues with uh <laughs> mobility and facial uh reactions <laughs> yeah that would make sense mm-hmm. um and so or so the, the they revived the frankenstein monster in mm-hmm. their lab they're not yes. at, at the frankenstein castle Correct. um because the monster gets up and just like walks out of the room and Odo's like, don't worry, this is a test. And right. Like, I was like, it, it's like the monster needs to establish dominance. <laughs> it's, it's strange. Cause like, it seemed like Odo had like set up a test, mm-hmm. but this is literally seconds after the creature woke up. So it's like, I mean, I don't know how he's exactly controlling the, the monster, but ultimately he, you know, he goes down the hall, goes to Daninsky's cell where he's locked up, and then tries to kill Daninsky. I mean, if he wasn't a werewolf, I'm sure he would have been successful. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Odo's telling everyone, don't worry, this is just part of the test, and the rest of them are upset about this, and they're like, this is a cruel test, this is not good. And it um, is, I mean, he's basically sicking one monster onto another. Mm-hmm. Just it, mainly to be like, one, Frankenstein monster, are you loyal and will follow my commands, and two... Daninsky, you better listen to me or I can put you down. Right. Definitely, um, you know, a show of dominance across the board there. And, you know, he keeps being like, the problem is you all are becoming too human. It's not, there's no problem with me. It's a problem with you. Yeah, you all are susceptible to mental changes. I'm I'm still on track. You guys are screwing up here. Mm-hmm. Then we get another bit with Toberman and Ilsa's father, uh, mm-hmm. the judge. Uh, and they go to Daninsky's tomb Right, I like how they actually like zoom. They show the caretaker's last meal, and like now it's moldy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like they open it up, and inside is the caretaker. So, yep. as we said, yeah, he did not make it out of there. Rough man. It sucks to be a background character in a horror movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, Odo has sent Ilanka again to inject Daninsky with the serum. Right, and, and he smolders at her. He's like, why are you helping me? Like, trying to be all sexy with her unintentionally. I don't know if it's intentional or unintentional. (laughs) Yeah, because, you know, like, you would think after being tortured, she would be more on top of doing things the way Odo wants. But Mm. no, she she goes and it's like she does think about it for a minute. And then she just squirts the serum out of the syringe, like, into a little one of those, like, little kidney-shaped trays that is, like, on your table when you're at the hospital all the time. I, don't, I think they're like spit trays or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she she dumps out the serum, does not inject him with it. Right. Um, she's like, I'm helping you because I'm a woman. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> she's giving up the alien part. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and she, she says something like, you know, I'm not... Or he's like, but I thought you were, you know, Odo's slave. And she's like, mm-hmm. no, not anymore. Uh, I want to run away with you. Like, we right. need to get out of this terrible situation. M- more evidence that she's in love with him, first off. Mm-hmm. To, uh, that's going to be bad for both of them. <laughs> right. And Valdemar's like, yeah, let's go ahead and escape. And they, they do, but they're immediately, like, caught by Maleva, who's just like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care about this guy. 
Yes, which uh, Maleva is definitely moving towards their viewpoint and away from Odo as well. Right. Um, then we see a scene in a bar where Toberman looks and he sees the vampire sitting at the bar. Mm-hmm. And then he like looks away and looks back and it's just like a regular dude. And it's like he's got monsters on the brain so much that he's like hallucinating. Man, I really hope that turns into something. <laughs> mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it, it is going to return as another pointless gag and then just completely fall off the radar of the movie. Right. Like, I feel like Toberman's actor was like, all right, I want my guy to go crazy and just see monsters everywhere. And everyone's like, yeah, sure, we got a couple extra, you know, <laughs> film canisters around here. Why not? Yeah. We see, like, later on, it's like nighttime and Kirian comes into Maleva's room and they start talking, like, so you're feel you know you're starting to feel these like human emotions too, um, and yeah they're they're all they're both like on the same page, and then they like you know get into bed like they they yeah. they've fallen in love now as well right they it's the passion that Warnoff uh, warned them about right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the Frankenstein monster just bursts into the room <laughs> and instantly just chokes Kirian to death. Damn it, Warnoff, you <laughs> cop blocker. <laughs> yeah. And it's so, like he just comes in, chokes him, and then just like gets up and walks out. Like right, it's like I I could have killed you, Leva, but you apparently are more use than Kirian, so he dies. Mm-hmm. Which that's great for morale, man. You know, <laughs> instead of just sending him home, <laughs> which yeah, mm-hmm. like they easily could have done, but mm-hmm. nope. Uh, and yeah, Odo's watching all of this on the, like the mm-hmm. closed circuit TV. Then we get the other scene where um, Toberman is looking through the anthology and he looks over in a mirror and sees himself kind of look like a monster for a second. Almost like a Frankenstein monster with crazy hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get like a tall kind of forehead. Yeah. Um, he gets a call from Ilsa mm-hmm. and is like, okay, I'll be right over. So we kind of skipped over it, but she's been in protective custody with Chief Gluck. Right. For for a couple of days because, you know, Toberman's realizing, like, some big stuff's going on and she's kind of involved in, in a way. Yeah, um, I, I feel like that was a bad call to begin with, but because <laughs> Gluck doesn't give a shit. Yeah, and in fact, she was able to easily shake him and go back yeah. to her apartment where Toberman meets her and she's just like, I'm sick of being in protective custody. I miss you. I, you know, I don't like being with Gluck. He's not a fun guy to hang out with. She's um, like, this was a booty call. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yep, so they start to kiss and everything. Cut back to the lab where Odo now has Maleva attached to some machine. And he's like, I'm not going to torture or punish you like I did with Ilanka, but I am going to fix you because something is wrong. We got to take out those memories and those emotions, right? Yeah. Kirian had to die, but he thinks he can fix Maleva. Mm-hmm. Like they get into an argument and she's like, you know, I am a woman now and I have women's intuition mm-hmm. um, and you are contaminated too. You also love and you feel jealous. Yeah. So he, I've, he's got dirty old man syndrome, right? Yeah. So she's basically like, you're acting like you're above this, but you're in love with me too. And that's the reason that Kyrian's dead and that yeah. I'm still alive. Yeah. Fair enough. He's not happy about, you know, being called on his shit. So he electrocutes her again, <laughs> and we cut to Toberman and Ilsa. They're in bed together now, like, post-coital situation. He gets a phone call from Gluck, but is like, don't worry, you know, I've got Ilsa, she's safe. But I don't know why Gluck would have called 
Toberman at Ilsa's apartment. Right. Why he wouldn't have put, why would he not have put two and two together? It's like, wait a second, I called I called Ilsa. I didn't call you. <laughs> yeah. You answered. And Ilsa's trying to just like he's she's like, round two, big boy, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Like she's hanging all over him and trying to basically trying to be like, Look, we're banging. Mm-hmm. Need to get off here. Yeah. Um and like yeah, she's you know it's it is one of those kind of cute moments where like he's trying to have the serious conversation mm. with his boss and she's just being kind of flirty and playful, yeah. and I feel like this scene is definitely right after what we just saw like intentionally you know we've we've seen like they've got this free and fun love it's very playful and and, and you know genuine whereas mm. you've got the the aliens that are like fighting their feelings and it's causing you know all kinds of havoc and stuff. yeah yeah so and and it's showing that like here are humans and their love is making their lives better and and you know they're protecting each other and caring for each other whereas here we've got you know kirian dead and maleva being basically tortured for having feelings and yeah uh, yeah it's definitely a nice contrast there and then we get another couple, uh, Valdemar and uh, what, what's her name? I call her the blonde alien. <laughs> Ilanka. Ilanka, that's it. Thank you. Sorry, uh, I missed that. And they mentioned that they're going to go talk to the judge hmm. and tell him what's happening. Basically, there's no escape for them. They're both cursed, and they need to kind of try to like save the day, stop the bad guys. Right. He realizes he has to be shot by a woman who loves him enough to die with him. Mm-hmm. He reiterates that, and then he just hands her hands her the gun, because <laughs> I think the intention was that they were going to go see uh, the judges, the judge and his wife. Because mm-hmm. I think Voldemort's like she loved me once, yeah. But then he was like, "You love me more now. Here's here's the gun to put me down." Yeah, and then there is one of the weirdest scenes. So Alanka is holding the gun, and she says. It's strange. Ever since I was a small child, I've always dreamed of. And then she just kind of like drops to her knees and looks up at the sky. And he looks up at the sky and the camera pans away. And that's it. Like, they never say what she... I mean, I guess she dreamed of true love? But I don't think she dreamed of having to murder her werewolf boyfriend. <laughs> I don't well, but she, she was really dramatic and emo when she was a kid. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a very bizarre and it's another one that I was like maybe what? this is the I watched the the dubbed version and the subtitled version no, and both of no them clarity. are the same like it's no. it's no different. Um yeah, they they do not say what she dreams of. And also, I, you know, beyond that, like does she mean the small the human child that she was dreaming or, or the alien or the alien? Yeah, so it's it's very very confusing. Or is she confusing the two now? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm giving it way too much credit. I need to stop. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's kind of, I mean, like, you can kind of really spiral down a rat. Like, mm-hmm. is it the human child had these dreams and now the alien part of her is remembering right. the human's dream? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a mind fuck for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and then we just cut to um, Toberman now entering the castle. So he's, you know, finally getting to the bottom of everything. Right, and, and just because this movie feels the need to make it ominous, uh, as soon as he pulls into the courtyard, the portcullis slams down behind him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's such like cartoon, like Scooby-Doo, scary mansion kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Right. He gets greeted at the door by another one of the like drone girls. And she's like, oh, you know, he's expecting you. 
and Odo is watching, you know, on his, like, CCTV. Odo's like, Maleva, it looks like one of your kind is coming. It's like, oh, and she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, human, you know, because that's what you kind of are now. Yeah. He's like, I don't think the incarnation process worked as intended with you. Mm. And she's like, okay, so am I your enemy now? And he's he's like, like, no. (laughs) No, you're under my control. You can't be my enemy when I control what you do. Right, which clearly he's not doing, but okay. (laughs) I mean, that's why he had to kill Kyrian, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, also, uh, as Toberman enters in, uh, Wernoff doesn't have time to talk to him directly. (laughs) No, he has his fucking screen. Like, was this supposed to be a pre-programmed message to Toberman while he's sitting there working in the lab? Or is he talking while he's working? Which... It goes back and forth where it's really mm. hard to tell which of those is supposed to be the case. Right. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's this is the villain monologue scene. Like, he just tells Toberman his whole plan. He doesn't hide a fucking thing. He's like, yeah, we're aliens. We're getting a bunch of monsters to destroy all of you humans. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, oh, also, um, I, sent our, I sent the vampire to kidnap your girlfriend and then shows right. footage of that happening. Right. And he's like, oh, yeah, and uh, also I'll show you your future because apparently he has the t- power to do that. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to chain you up, and we're going to have these bats eat your eyes. <laughs> okay. Cool. That's what bats do, right? <laughs> his, his special bats, I guess. He trained them to go for the eyes. Yeah. Uh, and so at that point, the Frankenstein monster and the mummy burst into the room that uh, Toberman is in. And then we just cut away to the town elders, including uh, Chief Gluck and the judge, um, right. are talking about all the weird stuff that's been going on right. and the, the, the slow progress on all the murder cases. And I like how the judge is like, all right, guys, so I've been putting this one in my back pocket. <laughs> but it turns out uh, when I was a kid, uh, there was this werewolf guy named Daninsky. Uh, my wife loved him. Uh, also, there were vampires and we killed them. And then we killed him. <laughs> right. So. And he's like, I've been, I haven't wanted to say anything, but now that my daughter's in this, <laughs> right. I guess I'll, I'll give away this valuable right. information. Could have saved other lives. That's fine. <laughs> but no, my daughter's at risk now, so fuck him. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I think, so Daninsky's still alive and something's going on at the castle. So I, I think we're, we're to infer that Daninsky and Ilanka did talk, did to, talk him. to him. We just didn't get that scene. Right. Which, I mean, to be fair, what, what else would it have been other than, hey, is, my, is your wife around? <laughs> <laughs> I need her to shoot me again. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Uh, and so then at the castle, we've got Daninsky and Ilanka. They show up and they rescue Toberman. Who's He's being getting, attacked by bats. <laughs> yeah. The, these are some straight-up flappy bats. We haven't had mm-hmm. flappy bats in a while. It's, uh, it's nice to see them, even if they're trying to eat someone's eyeballs, apparently. Listen, they've been in the dungeon for too long. We haven't fed them quite right, so <laughs> what do you expect? <laughs> Daninsky's like, all right, you're, you're safe, but the full moon's coming, so we got to... Again, just like in the last movie, he's like, we, we got some steaks, we got to wrap this shit up because I'm right. about to wolf out. We're on a small time scale, right, or time frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that we actually get a joke here because as Toberman's like going through the crypt, he like goes through this really small spot and then all of a sudden like a hand falls on his back and he looks up and it's just a skeleton. <laughs> yeah. And it's like womp womp. <laughs> yeah, it's they I mean, you know, there was that kind of weird skeleton gag in the last movie too. Mm-hmm. So I guess they just 
uh, enjoy those. Maybe it's the same skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> He's a practical joke. Right. <laughs> um, and so, but yeah, so we have a lot of scenes here of Toberman walking around the castle, just yelling for Ilsa. We do see that she is asleep on a slab right next to the vampire the coffin. Yeah. Um, and and, he, and like when he calls for for her, the vampire's like, "All right, it's my time. <clears throat> <laughs> time to go to work." <laughs> yep. Uh, and so he's kind of stalking the castle now. Uh, we also see the Frankenstein monster wake up. He's walking around. Right. Full moon it, comes out. Daninsky starts t- uh, wolfing out, and he like pushes uh, what's her name? Did you say Alonka? Mm-hmm. Really hard against the wall and knocks her out. Yeah. So you know, even even though they have their true love, when he's a you know when he's a werewolf, he's gonna attack anything near him. Yeah. Yeah. So now we've got all these kind of moving pieces on the board, all wandering around these like catacombs, looking for each other. And I think at that point we do get the vampire finding Toberman mm-hmm. and tries to hypnotize him. Yeah, and somehow Toberman is able to resist the hypnotism. Uh, I think it's implied that his love is giving him that strength. <laughs> And he, like, breaks some, like, wooden post uh, and creates the perfect stake because it's a spear stake. So you don't have to get close, which I don't know why that's not more common. You Um, you would think it would be. Have you ever played Legacy of Cain? Uh, no. So it's an old PlayStation 1 game, but all the people, your vampire is what it is. Mm-hmm. And like all the enemies just have wooden spears, <laughs> no metal on the end. And they're yeah. just, it's like, there you go. That's how you do that. Yeah. And it clearly works because, I mean, the vamp uh, goes down immediately. Yeah. He stakes him and he's gone. And as soon as he dies, Ilsa wakes up. So mm-hmm. presumably he had her under some sort of glamour. Mm-hmm. Um, so now she's wandering the castle, and outside, the police and maybe the military arrive. It seems that way. I was like, the, okay, we got the cavalry cal- coming in here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good so job. they're kind of like surrounding the castle. Once again, this judge, way more active than his dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely on top of things here. Mm-hmm. The mummy ends up finding Ilsa. He grabs her, but she's easily able to run away because mummies are They're slow. slow. <laughs> Toberman's a boss, by the way, because he's like, hey, or he runs in on them. And he's like, hey, there's a torch. Mummies burn. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's pretty useful. Like he keeps swinging it at the mummy and the mummy keeps like jumping back because he's like, nah, I'm not I'm not about that. I'm, right. I'm not letting my bandages catch fire. Right. But then we get Voldemort pop. Voldemort comes in like a boss. Mm-hmm. And this fight, like, so Voldemort attacks the uh, mummy mm-hmm. while, uh, you know, Toberman and Ilsa are able to kind of get away. Yeah, they're like, this we're getting the is, fuck out of here. This is a good-ass fight. Like, it is, mm-hmm. it's really, like, exciting. It moves through several rooms. It ends, uh... Okay, it's both hilarious and awesome how it yeah. is. <laughs> I guess, is it, like, like a windmill kind of thing. It, it's, it's a it's a dynamo is what it is. It's a science wheel. It's a science wheel. But it's like a basically like a hamster wheel. It's a yeah. giant wooden wheel, and somehow the werewolf is able to kind of push the mummy inside it, and it's spinning. So now we've got a mummy basically running on a hamster wheel, and then well, he's on tumble on dry. <laughs> we put the mummy on tumble dry. <laughs> yeah. See this this is an undercover uh, reason why you need to check your lint traps. <laughs> <laughs> it was a PSA all along, Anthony. Yeah. 
Yep, so the mummy goes up in flames and then is like spinning around still right. on fire. <laughs> Insult to injury. Yeah, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Daninsky ends up finding the Frankenstein monster. Right, Alonka and- wakes up. Yeah, and so now we've got the werewolf and the Frankenstein fighting, and along oh, kind of. You mean we have a monster fight? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this is a good one. skimp on those. Yeah, and this one's really good as well. Yeah, because uh, they're both just beating the shit out of each other, and uh, but Valdemar he has the power of lucha libre on his side. <laughs> yes, because he's like he jumps on the panels and like runs across. Mm-hmm. And, like, they end up in, like, the, the main science lab, and they're just, like, destroying everything in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, I guess when, when Frankensteins and werewolves fight, that tends to happen. We saw yeah. it in the Universal movies as well. It'd be like um, that. But, yeah, you know, all the, the equipment starts catching fire. The Frankenstein monster ends up getting slammed up against some sort of machine that electrocutes him. I feel like this version, because they said he has electrical powers, yeah, clearly doesn't. I, I feel <laughs> like he should be immune to electrocution. Yeah, it seems like that would only make him stronger. Mm. But, yeah, in this case, he just kind of, like, collapses. And then the werewolf sees that Alonka's been kind of following them and hiding behind stuff. So he starts to like rush towards her to attack her and she shoots him several times, but he still gets to her and claws her. Yeah, and chokes her. So out. Yep. So then, you know, as we've been heavily <laughs> implying was gonna happen this whole movie, they die together <laughs> right. in each other's arms. She was willing to die with him. Yeah. Aww. Maleva comes in and she sees that Ilanka and Valdemar are both dead mm-hmm. and basically everything's falling a fucking part because we just had two monsters like destroy a lot of electrical equipment mm-hmm. so her and Vornoff are like alright we've got we've to get out of here Toberman and Ilsa have made it out they, mm-hmm. they got away sooner but Maleva's like I think we're trapped yeah um, and then the on the TV screen the, the alien homeworld contacts them and is uh, you know and Odo's like you know basically like beam us up Scotty and they're like no <laughs> you're right, fucked, you up. fucked up you gotta pay for your failure but while we got you on the phone is there anything you can tell us to help when we try right. this again <laughs> it's like now nah, you're, you're done buddy and <laughs> yeah. he's like alright so turns out human love was one of the strongest things and uh, at, at the very least could you at least save Maleva mm-hmm. and I do love the response that the aliens give they're like Maleva's dead on that planet. Yeah, and and then she kind of like smiles and then just disappears. Right. So did they save her or did they just like disintegrate her? Yeah, it's very unclear. Mm. She disappears and then the castle just explodes, killing Odo. And we see like we see a lot of explosion stuff inside the castle. Then we see like footage on the outside mm. with Toberman and Ilsa. You know, this feels very end of Universal movie. Yeah, where the only good guys stand and watch the castle explode. The, the pure the pure humans survive. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we get Toberman, who very much universally uh, goes, as long as uh, there are those willing to sacrifice themselves for us, nothing shall destroy us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who fucking sacrificed themselves for you, dude? <laughs> like, you, you went in and did work. Everyone was willing to kill. I don't think anyone was willing to sacrifice. I mean, okay. Uh, Ilanka and Valdemar, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. They don't know what happened with Maleva. I don't think they ever even knew that she was like on their side by the end of it. But right. so, yeah, I mean, I guess they have to be talking about Daninsky. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, kind of like, you know, further emphasizes Odo's final realization that, 
you know, human love and loyalty and, you know, all the good positive emotional qualities that humans have are so much stronger than, like, the analytical alien mind. Which, I mean, if these were actual analytical aliens, I feel like they would have done better. (laughs) Yeah, it's the the combination of the the trying to be analytical while still emotional Mm -hmm. that's not working out for them so well. Yeah, I guess it would make more sense if it's like they're they're technically fighting their own nature and that's why they weren't as effective, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But also, you got to remember, these are aliens who are dying on a planet... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that they probably, like, I don't know if they could have saved, but I feel like they could have colonized other planets, mm-hmm. you know? And if they're energy beings, why didn't they just integrate themselves into human society? Like, yeah. just find a bunch of missing people one at a time and then just filter back in. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like they had other options for right. sure. <laughs> Uh, if they've got all this power to do these things, they could have done other better things instead. Yeah, things that would have made more sense. Maybe even repairing their own pl- home planet. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's probably how we're going out anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, for real. All right. Anything <laughs> else we got to say about it? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I really, like, I thought this was just kind of, it's it's fun, it's simple. Like, there's not, a, you know, it doesn't have a lot of depth to it, but. Uh, you know, I, the message is a little cheesy, but like mm-hmm. it, I think it is generally like a positive message at the end. We have the two characters who really did love each other and that were pure, that they survived. Right. Uh, I think these, these, this is one of the few couples that actually like fucking loves each other. Yeah. And it's obvious. Mm-hmm. Whereas in a lot of the other movies, it's been like, oh, I, we love each other. <laughs> you know, it's definitely... Yeah. Tell not show in those cases. Yeah, I mean, like that scene with with him on the phone and her flirting with him, like that's so real. Um, yeah, like I I think that that is really kind of like a capstone for this movie of, of mm. like that's where the the end message is really kind of like solidified. And you know what else we get that we haven't had in a long time, Anthony? Mm, yeah, a- an abrupt ending. Yep, indeed. You gotta love them. <laughs> But yeah, classic monster movie. You gotta have it. Yep, I, I would say that it feels more fun than the the previous movie. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's better though, because the other one had a lot more character building with Daninsky. There was the internal conflict. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it does feel sort of like a parallel to the Universal movies, where like mm-hmm. the, f- the first couple were a little bit more serious and straightforward, but like had something to, or had development of characters and, mm-hmm. and something to kind of say. And then they just kind of, you know, eventually moved on to just being like, let's have some dumb fun together. Yeah. Uh, and, and this did it a lot more quickly just with the two movies. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely the House of Frankenstein, uh, House of Dracula mashup. Yeah, I definitely. Like it. Yeah. And yeah, we get flappy bats, we get spinning <laughs> science wheels, abrupt ending, we get all of the touchstones. All everything. the good stuff. Yeah. So. We get a jokester skeleton. We haven't really had too many of those. <laughs> yeah, so it's a lot of fun. It's definitely worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, Anthony, where can they find us? Uh, yeah, so you can find us uh, on all the socials at the Frankencast, uh, mainly Twitter and Instagram, but you can search for us and find us just about anywhere. Uh, we're also on YouTube and Reddit. Uh, you can email us at thefrankencast at gmail.com. And you can find us over at patreon.com slash thefrankencast. Yeah. Uh, 
And I've been lately trying to put into the main feed just some like little previews of what you can expect over there. So if you're curious, but you're you're not sure if you're ready to dive in. If you want to uh, test the waters. As to yeah, say. yeah, you can get some little clips here and there, see what, what we do over there. Uh, and, you know, we'd love to have you. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Anthony, I, uh, I think we need to pay a good visit to one of our old friends, to old Lon Chaney Jr., Okay. Yeah, because I think we need to revisit that time where uh, Dracula was versus Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah, so um, you might notice a theme here. So the, the movie mm. we talked about tonight was, ca- you know, was sometimes known as Dracula versus Frankenstein. So next week we're talking about another movie. This one was only really ever known as Dracula versus, versus Frankenstein in 1971. So yeah, it's the one directed by Al Adamson. Um, yeah, it looks it, like this one's going to have some TNA in it. <laughs> yeah, Al Adamson is definitely known for some like trashy, like mm-hmm. regional exploitation drive-in kind of movies. Um, but yeah, it, it, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, it looks pretty. From the screenshots I'm seeing, this is this is going to be a hell of a movie. <laughs> yep. All right, fair. Well, in that case, to be continued. Thanks for listening.